welcome to We Have Spoken, episode four of season two. Uh, this is the podcast discussing our favorite Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. In this episode, we'll be discussing chapter 12, The Siege, which aired on November 20th, 2020, uh, exclusively on Disney+. Plus. I am Dennis. I will be your Aqualish Bandit uh, for this journey. <laughs> Uh, with me, as always, is my prequel apologist, Ricky. Hello. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure you're excited about this one oh, today, Ricky. This one's a yeah, really good one. I know. And uh, we also have a special guest today, um, my friend, longtime Star Wars fan and comic book nerd. Uh, he even took place in a Star Wars competition in Hollywood. He wanted me to tell you that. Uh, Frank, Wait, welcome. What? What's, hey, what's a Star Wars competition? Oh man, so I don't I don't even know how I got the the invitation for the competition, but it was from Force FX, those lightsabers, that lightsaber company. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they sent me they sent me something to to partake. It was like Mortal Kombat. They're all like, hey, come to Jim Henson Studios and take place in this. And they wanted me to do like a lightsaber form. And then um yeah, I, I would be announced. I'd be called a Jedi Knight from that moment on. So, like, in Whoa. preparation for it, I grew my hair out. I learned, like, this sick lightsaber form from uh, <laughs> my kung fu teacher and everything. And uh, it was pretty fun. Um, and I even did my hair. Like, I cut my hair so that I would have the Padawan braid. Oh, my God. So I can and, cut it off. Yeah, I went hella nerd. And you were 47 when you did that? Yeah, I was I was in my late 40s. Okay, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Um, everyone did the music to like let the bodies hit the floor, and I did like the Star Wars disco, and uh, <laughs> it, it was pretty cool. It was it was a good time all around. Like there was food, and we get to we got to meet um, the guy that played Boba Fett, and uh, I stole a lightsaber. Like I, was... I just I saw a lightsaber that I liked. I gave them my old lightsaber. I left it, so I didn't quite steal it. I traded it against their will, and um, I took the Return of the Return of the Jedi Luke lightsaber. And uh, I, I I was walking away with it, and this guy that looks like Obi Wan stopped me, and I'm all like, no no, this is my lightsaber, and he's all, it's your lightsaber? I'm all, yeah, I'm taking it to my car, and he's all like, oh cool, okay, <laughs> and I'm like, sweet. You use the force for, force mist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like for anyone not watching the video version, just to clarify, how old were you when when that happened? Oh shit, man, I, I was either pushing thirty or like late twenties. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. you're still not cool. a Padawan. Well, let's keep this moving. Uh, before we move on, just to, as a reminder, you know, I have uh, one behind the scenes uh, guest. It's uh, producer Lindsay, who's always given me great feedback on this show and uh, doing the most important job, which is wrangling our dogs so that they don't make a lot of noise during this whole thing. So she is bringing balance to the force, truly. Thank you, Lindsay. Let's talk about everybody's feelings about this episode without spoiling really quick before we get into the the spoilery part of this um frank why don't you go first just let us know how you how this episode made you feel uh, it was just good overall I, I really enjoyed it um it did it felt like a, a main quest to me unlike the side quests that we've been used to um mm. but it did feel kind of fillery at the same time and i know those are two opposite uh, concepts there, but that, that that's just how it felt to me. I mean, I agree. Like it, this was probably the beefiest in terms of like the Mando story that we've gotten like this season, but probably out of the whole show, you got a lot of uh, old players, old characters coming back, um, kind of buttoning up some issues from this last season, but they push it forward in a really nice way as well. I dug it. 
Huh. I mean, I will agree that it was filler. I don't, I, I guess I just have a weird, I have a weird perception of this, uh, of this show because I, I feel like, while at the same time, I always give it great scores because it does entertain me and it, it immerses me and everything. But I feel like they don't really move the ball forward much ever. And so no. I think I think the bar that, that my my co-hosts and my guests often say when they say like, yeah, it pushed the Mando story forward. I'm like, really? Like I would need a magnifying glass to see how far they move that 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 story forward. But I, it was still fun. Um, you know, it just it was one of those episodes that I didn't really want t- today, but I got um I think I, I need to talk more about this by spoiling. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm going to have to get into spoiler territory pretty quickly here. So anybody who has not watched the show again, I, thanks for clicking on, on this podcast, but what are you doing? Like uh, the whole point of this is to listen to us uh, talk about the show that they everybody just like watched. watching us. That's you know. Yeah, I know. I mean, we're a bunch of good looking people here, but like, let's, let's be honest. Let's, um, Let's go talk about spoilers and uh, just damn anybody who hasn't watched the show at this point. So I'm going to give you a brief recap really quick of what I think this episode was about. Um, and you guys can let me know if you if you agree or disagree. I think this is the episode where Mando took a giant detour to go reunite with season one friends. Yeah, you know they're they're still on yes. contracts. Got to pay them out. They're still on contracts. Yes, um, I think the only thing that that uh, was significantly special about this episode is that we got to check in on everybody that was you know that a big part of season one. To a sense, you're right. I mean, he could have gone to Tatooine to get a ship fixed by Pelly. He chose. He could have gone. He could have gone anywhere to get his ship fixed, really. But you know, it, it just. It was just out of a convenience or plot contrivance, whatever, that he decides, I need to go back to this planet because this is the one where, you know, we've built several uh, digital sets for this planet and and and, and we, need to, we need to make use of this stuff a little bit more. So, um, I, you know, it's nice to see Grief Karga and it's nice to see Cara Dune and, you know, like uh, all the other things. It's nice to see the environments and everything, but like, if if you end the last episode with saying, "We know where we're going now, kid," and then <laughs> and it's like that's literally how the recaps end. end you got to put gas you know, like, in the car. We know where we're going. We're going we to Corvus. And then the first few sentences are, "We're not going to make it to Corvus. Let's go to Navarro." And I'm like, "Oh my god, okay." Uh, but in all honesty, I knew. You know, uh, let just to be clear. Um, I think we should be talking about light side, dark side at this point, which is our favorite and, and, you know, maybe uh, favorite moments and maybe the ones that missed. And for me, I'm like, that's what I was trying to get at is it just felt like, I mean, it was, it was clear once because Carl Weathers directed this episode. You're not going to have him direct the episode and then he not be in it. I don't, I don't have right? a problem with him being but, in an episode of the Mandalorian. I just have a problem with him being in an episode of the Mandalorian that doesn't have anything to do with uh, going to see Ahsoka Tano after you said 
in the last episode, we're yeah. going to go see Ahsoka Tano. Now, let's <laughs> make this clear. Episodes? Let's make this clear. I already, I was talking to Frank about this earlier this week. We knew, we already knew, just looking at like who was directing, who wasn't directing, who who wrote, who wasn't, who who didn't write. We already knew, like by Monday of this week, that this was not going to be an Ahsoka Tano episode, because that's how this show is. This show, every time they 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 give you something that feels substantial, the next episode is completely left field like and i get it i i i still like it you know I mean, but yeah but at the end of the day you know like kelly was saying last week's episode was really special to him because he got to see so many stormtroopers died that's literally all this episode was was just watching stormtroopers <laughs> yeah, die i mean yeah. without this episode what would horatio sands be doing this year <laughs> <laughs> frank why don't you give me a, a light or dark side just to to, to roll roll with for a little bit so uh the razor crest lands in navarro right and uh carl weathers is all like hey uh let's let's fix this thing uh i'll get my best men and then he just happens to see two guys <laughs> just right there he's all like uh you two are my best men why don't you go fix that real quick and he, he doesn't ask him any questions i don't think he even calls him by name he just says like fix them no. i i even thought one kind of looked like maz kanata ish I thought that too. He looked at from a distance. Yeah, yeah, from a distance. Yeah, and then w- once we saw them, they were not so racist guys. So racist. Well, the other guy had that. Uh, he had the same chess piece as the guy from Rogue One. His okay. name's slipping me. The the gunner guy, the heavy heavy gunner guy. Oh yeah, I forgot him. I call him Fridge because he looks like one of my fat friends. <laughs> um, nice shout out to Fridge. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Fridge. If, if he's, he's not, if he wasn't listening before, he better be now for reals um but yeah so they're his best man and i'm all like i don't know if they're his best men but then like i don't know to, to, to kind of spoil the ending um the ship gets fixed in like two hours so those guys were definitely that guy's best men so yeah that's pretty cool yeah uh and to be fair like you know i know that they did some shady stuff and put a track one of them put a tracker on the ship but like uh you know let's not let's give credit to moff gideon like he's a resourceful guy he knows that he that Mando clearly made allies out of the people here on, Anar, on Navarro. And so, you know, it would be in his best interest to pay somebody handsomely to just be there in case Man, uh, Din comes back, you know. So I get it. Um, I'm not surprised by, by any of that. Like, it was just... Those were a lot that, of repairs, though. That ship yeah, was falling right. apart. It was like flapping in the wind. Yeah. Like, like, how long was he yeah. on uh, the last planet? Like two days as well? I don't know. And the Mon, Cal- Mon Calmari dude just like janked up his ship. <laughs> yeah. These guys had two hours. <laughs> I mean, they were very effective for sure. Yes. So they did fix it. Um, but I mean, what, what about that did you like? or dislike i mean are we just really impressed with uh, well, their ability both, both. I, I, I'm, I'm impressed with their ability but i'm also not impressed with um uh with uh Grief. griefs with griefs um i mean ability his, to vet his, staff. his ability to vet his staff or even like his ability to choose his his, his best guys like his best guys just happen to be there i, I don't know it's I think a sketchy just, town you know it kind of got a little better but you know there's still some some mm-hmm. sketch to it well, I think that's a good point you brought up, Ricky. Like, uh, why, why don't you guys talk about that? Like, because I think, you know, I mentioned that we checked in with all the characters of season one, but 
it wasn't just the characters unless you consider navarro the planet a character in the story too and like there was a lot a lot, a lot of, of of updates to that planet yeah. again i talk about it like every every week but like showing rather than telling i think mm-hmm. navarro is a totally different place visually uh i was always kind of bummed out last season because it just felt like tatooine again mm-hmm. but now it kind of has its own little distinct character there's they have like the ig11 statue you know f- in the corner for thanking him for saving the town yeah they have you know some sort of market going on like there's people living it's thriving no there it's no pasana yeah. but it is definitely more of a mm-hmm. bustling market than it was yeah and there's there's also you know crime still trying to exist but but we have marshall dune you know which i, I think that's cool how we established the concept of marshals you know in the first episode of the season and now we're, car- we're we're carrying that through with with showing where cara dune is now and she's just wrangling up those those aqualish uh, bandits yeah there's um, no miranda rights on the borrow still that have taken <laughs> o- and they've taken over the covert right which is which is the yeah, last yeah. you know so it's kind of an evolution of the covert as well as what happens to this amazing space once it gets empty i'm surprised you know? mando didn't like question that at all though you know, we think I that mean, would be the first thing? Like he's on a quest to find Mandalorian. Like, oh, let me check on my buddy. In fairness, like in fairness, that guy had five minutes before Baby Yoda was in daycare, and they were pitching a job to him. Like he was, <laughs> it was fast, and like, you know, it was like it was too fast. I did. Yeah, like they mentioned the lava tides again. That was kind mm-hmm. of cool attention because they had the lava tides. Yeah. That was a big thing last season, and then they yeah. mentioned it to to threaten. Or uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, mithril. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Which was, was weird to me too. Which was weird to me too, because like they're like, okay, you can stay out here, but let us know when the lava tides come. And so it's like, well, the speeder's out there. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? What happens to the speeder when the lava tides yeah. come? Does the speeder float above them, or they're all like, right? it's, it's not lava proof. This door panel's not lava proof. Yeah. Material yeah. trash. Like, but, neither is your speeder or you or your yeah. guy. Like, but it turned it turned out that my concerns for the speeder didn't matter anyways because it got wrecked. So whatever. Oh, you mentioned the daycare. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's not a daycare. It's a school, which is good for Navarro. But it was like, a daycare for for Baby Yoda, though. You know, like he's not he's not there to learn. Imagine being a preschooler, or not even a preschooler. They're like first, second graders, and some dude just drops a baby in your class, an alien baby. Well, okay, the the, the concept of alien baby that's weird, considering it's Star Wars. But also weird was that all the kids there were human. Yeah, that was a little racist. I think what a racist school. Yeah. That you was know, strange one progress to me. Time. Yeah, but they had a three PO unit teaching, so that was pretty cool. That's yeah. progressive, right? <laughs> the is. concept art showed a human teacher. Yeah. But it was nice to see the bar has been repurposed as something you know, like good for the community. You know, like um, uh, with the school, and 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 you get to see you know the marshals cleaning up everything, and griefs you know, having, I guess his business is booming and, but it, it's nice to see that grief isn't entirely like he's, he's sticking with the good, you know, he's trying to, he's mm-hmm. trying to be morally on the right side of, of everything or the light side, I suppose. Um, so, 
you know, the two of them seem to be running things pretty well. And, and, and Navarro's turning into a nice place. For, I didn't feel like great for being like nefarious with anything there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Legitimately honest in what he wanted and what he was doing. And we, we yeah. got to see uh, Baby Yoda do more uh, evil shit, like in this, <laughs> this time around. <laughs> like, uh, episode, what, three or two? He's eating babies, the, the last of their kind. He's eating There's... unfertilized eggs. Oh, he did eat one baby. You're right. You're right. He did. One baby. And then. Yeah. Uh, and then now he's stealing macaroons. Macarons. So like, macarons. To, to me, those 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 green macarons are. I bet you they're made out of uh, babies. They're made out of like <laughs> or some kind of animal that yeah. attracted Baby Yoda to it. Yeah, I I actually really liked uh, his his little side story going on in this episode. Mm-hmm. I know. I know he gets dumped off, you know, like to, to, to sit behind while the adults go do the, the, the cool things. But um, what I thought was really, really interesting about this episode for Baby Yoda is uh, in the past, uh, the the noises, the cooing noises that he always makes, those have always been courtesy of like uh, some animals from the San Diego Zoo, I believe. Um, but today, this episode clearly he was making baby noises like an actual yeah. human baby was the voice of him. And it, to me, I, I perceive that as, okay. I mean, obviously the sound people making the voice of this thing, they're going to, they're going to, they're not going to accidentally replace his, his audio <laughs> with a human baby. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so it was an indicator to me that he's actually maybe growing up a little bit and he's, he's trying to vocalize and, and articulate what his thoughts are. And he's also doing that by like, you know, before he stole the macaron, he mm-hmm. did extend his hand and try to communicate to that kid. Can I have, can I have, you know, I think yeah. tru- uh, Mando trusts him too much. Like with the red wires, that whole group. Or, <laughs> it was, it was definitely a baby. Scene. It was a baby group scene for sure, but it definitely went in a way that, that should have been a dead baby Yoda right there. Like, yeah. 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 Imagine that's how the um, show ended. <laughs> I'm a little concerned about his fingernails because those yellow fingernails are an indication of fungus on his nails, and he should really get that checked out. Yeah, the whole dude's green. So, but I mean, that was another point too, right? Is like he was Mando is starting to see that Baby Yoda is growing up too. So like Mm -hmm. he's trying, he's trying. You know, he he did say it was worth a try. You know, like he just wanted to see if he and this kid had built a bond strong enough or a communication strong enough that he could get the kid to do the magical thing with the wires that needed to be done. And uh, the I kid's mean, not there yet, you know, give him another 20 years, whatever. But, um, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's nice to see there's a little bit of growth happening so that we're not going to be surprised when eventually this kid actually says a word, you know, like it's, it's, it's they're They're laying the groundwork right now. No more animal noises for him. So, so that wire was probably the radio, right? Like it was, it was some non-essential equipment. Yeah, not essential. And on that bond, I mean, Mando eats in front of Baby Yoda now. Yeah, I mean, was- I, I kind of assume he always did, but we got to see it this time. Like, I mean, there's not like like he said he said multiple times he goes where I go. So mm-hmm. I think well, I they think- made it a point last season, like no living thing to see my face. Like that's a huge plot point at the end of last, yeah. last season. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I I think uh, what that was more credit to is that 
the the interactions he had last week uh, are making him maybe be a little bit more relaxed with it you know scandalous scandalous i mean like, <laughs> like the guy's realizing hey i gotta eat man this, this mask is coming off Yoda. This mask is coming off a little bit, you know, but I do, I do find it fascinating that baby Yoda like stares in awe when, when it happens, you know, when he watches him eat, he's like, he's like, I get to see the person under there, you know, like he, I mean, that's basically dad at this point, right? Like it's, it's, it's his dad. So imagine. yeah, not so seeing it, your dad for like, I know, right. Having so he, a dad, but like, not seeing his face. Yeah, it's they have really good interaction for two characters that you don't get to actually see a real person out of, you know, like um, one's a puppet and and one's a stuntman. And they do have they do have pretty good chemistry, I will say. I've seen some good stuntmen. I'm not I'm not knocking the stuntman. I'm just saying like, oh, I see. They, I think some of the best moments on that show are just those two things interacting with each mm-hmm. other you know what i mean without without a real human expression at all going on um yeah. what else you got ricky you know they they take down this imperial base and the whole episode kind of climaxes on this escape through like the lava trench thing and that whole sequence is super cool um because it kind of made the empire scary you know we're so used to seeing these grand battles in star wars and tie fighters and like uh speeder bikes just kind of being fodder but they had some weight i thought in this episode like i really <laughs> it's nice yeah. to see people actually be afraid of them it, it was know? a good balance between uh threat and fodder because there was definitely yeah. when those speeder bikes the speeder came bike, out, like, yeah. oh man these <laughs> guys are competent and then all of a sudden <laughs> oh, and brrr, they just started crashing yeah. into each other and i'm all like oh my god that's funny i if you'll if you'll let me for a moment, I, I promise this won't be as long as the Bo-Katan thing last week. But oh, no. um, I, I this was my nerd moment for me because like uh, it, it speaks to what you were saying, Ricky, and and it kind of also like about the Empire and about the the you know them exploding speeder bikes and stuff. Like, so let's just get the elephant out of the room here for a second. Um, the Empire is really bad at making things. They're just really bad at it. I mean, Death Stars aside, like those speeder bikes just full on exploded when they hit rock. They hit a rock and they spun out of control and exploded. Uh, on top of that, every blaster we've ever seen on the Empire side uh, hits one out of 30 targets. You know, yeah. it's just, and they even show you, like, it's funny to watch Grief try to shoot that, you know, the cannon on that, on that transport. And miss several times, but it's okay because the Tie Fighter is missing a bunch of times too, right? Like everybody's missing, like, and so it, you know, you just roll, you roll a, a twenty once, and you finally get to hit something. <laughs> the whatever, whatever they're making in that lab, those clones, whether they be Palpatine clones or Force troopers or whatever the hell they are, they look like failed experiments. So I'm just saying, on the science end of the Empire. They should not have a lot of confidence. But you know what's crazy is the Empire as a whole, even after losing, even five years after the fall of the second Death Star, they still have a lot of confidence. Like they still truly believe that they're they're coming back strong. Oh, yeah. And and what's really interesting about that is like even at the end when um 
Paul Sun Kyung Lee, uh, his character, Captain Carson Teva, comes back, you know, to do a follow up inquiry, which I really thought was cool. You know, like he's doing it because like he's trying to make sure that the Empire doesn't come back. So there's people on the rebels side in like in positions of authority that are trying to like nip this in the bud because uh, the Empire is still very scary after all this time. (laughs) And we know, you know, this is all shadows of the First Order to come, right? Unless Unless they retcon that one day. (laughs) <laughs> that was pretty um, cool though I, I did like how they had both uh, um, both X-Wings there so I guess maybe Dave mm-hmm. Filoni was in the can or something <laughs> during that scene like he had to go to the bathroom Trapper Wolf yeah Trapper Wolf had to take a deuce yeah had to use the the, the funnel laboratory yeah the funnel but, whatever he had to make some gray some gray really quick however aliens go to the bathroom the gray tubes the gray tubes or something like that yeah but if we're talking about cloning i know how nonsensical the rise of skywalker line where it was with uh dark science cloning secrets only the sith knew but like they forgot about the clone wars but uh, that aside i know um, right yeah (laughs) um during my second watch through of of the movie i I just kind of had it on in the background um the second watch through of the episode, um, I heard Snoke's theme that oh, it's got this like low tone theme. Oh, definitely was there. And uh, so I feel like they're trying to um, bring bring some kind of like uh, validity to this whole cloning and this whole Snoke thingy. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I think we talked about this first season, and I, and I think this has always been Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau and Disney's agenda, right? Is to uh, through good storytelling, like like the Mandalorian, uh, if they can make all the bad things at least <laughs> at least somewhat credible, at least at least tolerable, because they add to the canon, uh, then it's a win for them, right? Because like when Disney dropped what like five million dollars to buy mm-hmm. Star Wars, um, they didn't just do it to buy three movies, no. They did it to buy all six movies uh, in, with the intention of making more movies and with the intention of finding a way to make people fans of the prequels, even I if mean, they, they made it. They definitely made Star Wars more accessible. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go deep in the hole with all this stuff to kind of understand what's beyond the Skywalkers. And I think The Mandalorian does a really good job of yeah. easing you into these ideas and concepts i mean they're space nazis they're of course they're gonna be doing crazy crazy ass experiments but now you kind of get to see peek behind the veil you know yeah. of what they're actually doing i think so the, the real key though to cloning is urine because these, these <laughs> jars were blue and if you look in rise of skywalker those snoke jars they were yellow so it's got to be some kind of like force user urine that they keep they just store. You're assuming all or space pee is yellow. The cloning is not having empire scientists do it, and oh. uh, you know outsource that job to the Nemoidians, right? Like, <laughs> yes. wasn't that what that guy is? Was it the, the, the Nemoidians on Camino? No, Ca- you know, is that or no? That's the Caminoans. 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 That's what yeah. that, that doctor yeah. is, right? That's, no, he's human. Or were you talking no, about? That's a human doctor. No, I'm saying, but that's he's from Camino. He's from that lab. 
is based on his like uh, his getup. He's not an imperial dude. He did have the symbol like on his on his uh, arm. Yeah. It has the the Caminoas well, uh, cloning. He's, not, he's, de- he's definitely not one of the aliens from Attack <laughs> no. uh, no. the Clones, you know, or yeah. close encounter in, in close encounters of the third kind or whatever. Probably, maybe he takes off his mask and like total recall. Yeah. Comes off. They couldn't. They couldn't get him in their agents. So Unzips they... his skin like in cats. <laughs> He's like, ah, and then his head pops up. Yeah, uh, I can't believe uh, even after I gave you that amazing setup, Ricky, that you just still have not mentioned the thing that I know. Oh, you you want to? You want to just do it? I want you to just do it. I want to hear it from you. Like, they said, kinda, <laughs> the M word. They basically. You know, M-word. They basically said midichlorians, which, like Dave Filoni or Lord and Savior has said or done before, he kind of he takes all all of Star Wars and puts it in this show. He doesn't and, favor one thing or another. He finds a place for it, and sometimes a place for it is all the way in the back of the drawer, <laughs> uh, where you just you don't have to remember it. Uh, but you know, M count is good enough to get the sentence to finish but it, it makes i liked it because it made sense you know so you kind of always knew or had an inkling that they were going to be using baby baby yoda for something you know they were obviously doing I tests on him in the first season they were doing that, yeah. yeah yeah and it's like why why baby yoda there's other force things out there you know I, I why him add, not baby things though i was just about yeah. to add like a conspiracy theory about you know, chasing down Ahsoka, but I'll let you finish your, your thought before. But like to that, yeah, it's the same point. Like they obviously need a test for something, you know, and uh, I, we have that thing in star Wars already. Yeah, we already I have think, that. I, I think just to be clear, and this is not to dismiss anything you're saying, but like, um, I think the, the answer to that question is why baby Yoda is because, uh, we don't know crap about that species. And so, uh, so John Favreau, yeah, exactly. So John Favreau and Dave Filoni have free license to make that species as force powerful mm-hmm. as they want, and nobody can say, nobody can call bullshit. You know what I mean? That's why. That's but it why. could have been a baby anything, though. I, I'm curious. Right, but, but, but it's recognizability as part of the brand that they're, they're trying to push, right? Is yeah. everything has to be recognizable and familiar, but just different enough. So that's why baby Yoda's genius in that you know like i mean you don't i mean you can't really ask the question why when you've seen how the internet has reacted to that thing over the last 11 months you know what i mean like it could have been a baby twi'lek it could have been a and baby. it wouldn't have worked as well it wouldn't have worked as well what is kit fisto it's the brand um <laughs> no uh, but uh what i was gonna say ricky uh, i do agree with you with with midichlorians i enjoy i'm one of the the minority that enjoys uh, midichlorians but I want to know what what drew you to midichlorians. Like when when you watched uh, ep- episode one, of the Phantom Menace, and uh, Qui Gon is explaining midichlorians to Anakin. What what was going through little Ricky's head? It's like there's a reason. It's like I I without getting crazy into it, I'm not a religious person, and it it was nice to see them kind of in this world of quote unquote science. You know, there was always these sorcerer jedi people and like that kind of never really stuck to me and i like that they found a a reason for why these why the jedi and why the sith are 
powerful, you know. Anyone can use the Force. We kind of learn throughout the whole Star Wars that it's this thing that's everywhere. But certain people are more attuned to it. Like, it wouldn't really make sense on how someone could, like, I don't know how, like, Luke, Darth Vader's uh, son, is Force-sensitive, you know. The same time? <laughs> like, it's a trait you can pass on, so obviously there's something genetic within it. Sure. And I think Metachlorians kind of gave this cool little answer for those that choose to acknowledge Metachlorians. And it's cool to see them bring that back into the Mandalorian. Um, I'm glad that you got your Metachlorian reference. I'm also really glad that they didn't say the word because my <laughs> entire problem with the word is it looks like George Lucas found the word mitochondria in like a biology book. <laughs> And tried to <laughs> the just like, of the cell. and just tried to change it slightly, you know what I mean? Uh, to, to be, but in the process, it ends up sounding like something with chlorine I mean, in it. That's every Star Wars name, though. <laughs> yeah, for reals. Yeah, <laughs> Luke Skywalker. I need to know what the fire ferret is called in Star Wars because if it's called fire ferret, Avatar fans are gonna have some problems. Like, yeah, there's gonna be some beef for sure. Back to the the cloning though, um, that that gave me some serious Jedi Knight two vibes. If you guys remember, or if you guys even played it with uh, with Kyle Katarn, mm. um, they had they had like a little like um, like a, a little clone, like a like a it had like non Force users. They can go to the Valley of Spirits or some crap like that, and they can get the Force from it. Um, but but that facility that they that they invaded that they uh, sieged. Um, looks like the facility in the in the game. Gotcha. My kind of like pie in the pie in the sky theory is uh, that the Empire is going to try cloning. Well, obviously they're trying cloning, but trying to clone a new army. Yeah, and yeah. For, force the, troopers, force troopers is what my thought was. There's that line at the at the beginning of uh, with the Force Awakens where uh, I can't remember the name Dom, Domo Gleason says, you know, we should have we should have used clones or something when Finn escapes. Mm -hmm. And this could be like their failed attempt at trying to do that. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, it could be. In uh, Jedi Knight 2, they did have uh, shadow troopers. And they were basically like stormtroopers, but they had lightsabers and access to the force because of the Valley of the Spirits or some shit. But yeah. Do you, do you think... I, I forgot about that. I, I do remember shadow troopers. Do you, do you think those ones that Moff Gideon was looking at were... Did they look... Kind of like Shadow Troopers. They did, but like to me, they could have been robots too. So I'm not they, positive. Yeah, Shadow they, Troopers just the they black. They kind of look like they kind of look like shiny black Cylons too, right? Like from Battlestar yeah, Galactica. Yeah. But the head, the helmet was almost Darth Vaderish. Yeah, on all weird. of those dudes. They look, yeah, they look like was, Kylo Ren's because they had the the ski goggles. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's just some weird hybrid thing to like add continuity to their Something universe. That Rosario Dawson can kill next episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, if uh, they're cloned, it makes it easier, yeah. right? The new army build, build Dark toy. Horse, uh, Dark Horse uh, also had like a, a like a Sifo-Dyas comic where um, they put Sifo-Dyas in a jar like they did with uh, Grievous, the pea jar. <laughs> and um, they drained his blood and they tried to give it to Grievous to see if he can have the force. Um, but it didn't work. Um, but they, as a consolation prize, I guess they gave Grievous Sifo-Dyas' lightsaber. That was like his first lightsaber. Nice. Um, but that's not canon anymore. So, um, are there any other uh, 
high points or low points that we missed or should we or should we just talk about all the other midichlorians of the episode we can get into midichlorians. I, you know what I missed? I missed. I I saw Cara Dune's tat, and I was like, "Is this the first time I'm seeing her face?" Because I don't remember her chola tat. I actually had to go. I had to go <laughs> I don't back. Remember it either that kind of caught me off guard. Was I think. There? I yeah, think I, the yeah, rebel. It's... It was there, right? It was yeah, there it was before. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it so was. So it, it was super weird. I, I I do not remember it. I have no memories of that. And I had to go back and and watch a couple episodes. Fast forward. To those scenes and yeah she has the chola tat you I mean, know what but before we before we switch over i that that is another high point of the show is like as going back to the check-ins of all these characters uh i did really enjoy seeing cara dune uh, and i enjoyed that little interaction she had with uh captain carson teva at the end where you know he was trying to real hard to recruit her because she's got a great record of serving uh and but, but she's also got that you know she's still haunted by alderaan which is really cool because like that question he asked like oh did you lose somebody <laughs> and i'm like bro did you not watch star wars like oh, what <laughs> like alderaan and, and so i really like that we're getting that because that is just something that gets glossed over so much in star wars luke skywalker's story you know what i mean like dude i know you didn't know anybody on that planet but it's an entire freaking planet that died. So it's really nice to have this endearing character that wants to do good and wants to move on with her life, but she's still she's still got a lot of baggage and you really can't blame her. So let her do her baby steps. Let her go beat up some bad guys in in the covert down the <laughs> stairs. You know, and let her stand around with like it almost was like straw in her mouth like, you know, like an old school western uh sheriff who just hangs out waiting for people to do bad stuff you know um i really liked i liked her in this episode um i did think it was weird that like her costume was slightly altered like was uh, it the colors bit, yeah. were, the colors were brighter say, like, and none of them changed uh no her costume changed uh because aside from the colors being a little more more vibrant uh they carved out a little bit more out of her neck line to give her just a just the cleavage that she was missing from the first season and it's like guys guys what are you well, doing like her and and grief cargo they have the same basically the same outfit on mm, i get why no. mando doesn't change but like they could have at least thrown on some new boots on that dude you mean the same outfit that they had last year you don't last mean season, yeah oh, you don't mean, yeah, you don't okay. mean, yeah. yeah. sorry because i was year. like no i was uh, like, like Grief is not showing cleavage, and no, I was well, like, he, okay, yeah, I, I don't want to see that. Anymore. He does. That's fine. He also yeah. lost a pistol. It's fair. Right? It's fair, right? Last season, right? What? <laughs> he was dual wielding pistols last season. He didn't have. Oh he yeah, was, he was missing a pistol. He got shot in the shoulder, so it's you a know, little harder maybe, to maybe take off the jacket. Around. Grief, you're on a lava planet. <laughs> I don't know. Mix it up. Give me a new toy, like. <laughs> We're gonna go into nerd moments, though. I wanted to take a second to talk about Ludwig Göransson or Göransson, but all the videos I've seen uh, in in uh, like Sweden or Swedish or whatever, it says Göransson. So I'm gonna go with that. Um, That's fine. He's the but composer like, I, of the Black Panther movie and every other Ryan Coogler movie ever. Uh, who we're, we're, lu- we're lucky enough. Yeah, we're lucky enough to have him do uh, the Mandalorian also. I want to mention Tenant too, but nobody's seen that. Probably Tenant. I saw Tenant. Oh, you saw Tenant? I think oh, okay. I think like 
you're one he of the ones the... that didn't die from seeing it, yeah. right? Cool, cool. Good job, man. He did the score for the Eric Andre movie that came out this summer. Really? <laughs> he did like a prank movie. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like the the way he came up with the the score was pretty cool. Like uh, the the main the main uh, Mandalorian song, the dun, 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 dun. Uh, I guess he had some recorders. He bought like a set of recorders, and he really liked the bass yeah. one. And he was just like fiddling around with it. He locked himself in a room, and he's just playing the recorder, and then uh, starts coming up with the theme. Like the, the the recorder kept like generating a theme for him, and uh, he composed everything with like live instruments that he could touch he used like authentic 70s synth um it's also interesting if you go to spotify um and you listen to the mandalorian song there's about like 40 to 50 seconds of just him going off on recorders he's like (laughs) playing different different kinds of recorders and um and then after about 50 seconds it goes into the you know that 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 starts off the it starts off the show and uh, or starts off the end credits. It, it gets into that, and then uh, it gets into the the uh, journey of the sorcerer by the eagles, or w- whatever other song that, you, <laughs> that that it sounds like to you. Um, it gets into that, and then it goes to the HBO theme, and then Rocky, and then it has has a bunch of those uh, little little tidbits in it. But uh, it all starts from that that whole um, the whole uh, just the recorder theme. And you yeah. can hear that a lot in this episode, like when you see Mando doing something kind of cool, like you hear that little trill of the of the recorder. And I always thought that was interesting. I think this guy's going yeah, to play. Dude, he has a blank slate for anything Disney yeah. related or blank check. I will say a, a, a credit to the music and, and the visuals and stuff uh, as well, I guess. But like um, what's really funny is when on my second watch of this, uh, you know, I was watching it with uh, producer Lindsay and it's really cool because like that moment like towards the end where the razor crest shows up and i'm sure Nas, <laughs> you know our guest from seat from episode one of the season was super happy because he actually did the thing he went and got the razor crest and came back and blew up all the bad guys right but yeah. when it happened uh lindsey exclaimed well where did he where did he get that and i said to her you didn't notice it but he actually left earlier. Like they showed it. Yeah. They showed him leave earlier in the in the in the episode uh, after they had uh, set off the or, well, you know she, yeah, tr- she started says, the reactor. You go, the reactor engine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he totally dipped out, and then there was this amazing action sequence for probably five six minutes going on yep. uh, before he shows up and saves them all. And so I thought that was funny because you know I told her you didn't notice it because you were immersed because like everything that was going on in front of you made you forget that you were watching the Mandalorian without a Mandalorian in that, in that scene. Uh, That's, and that's impressive. And I think a lot of that is the music. And I think, you know, the other, you know, half of that is all the crazy nonsensical visuals that we see, like Mm -hmm. two scout troopers completely wrecking into each other, but without even, any help from the good guys at all you know like none none at all it makes you forget that why didn't mando just fly in to the hole to begin with (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. that kind of cracks me up like when they're crashing like when cara dune does it she just has this weird smirk on her face as she's Mm -hmm. crashing and destroying their speeder and then like you see grief and you see uh mithril they're all like ah they're like screaming and she's just like 
It was like a typical day in character lines. I just want to point out (laughs) that Mando didn't just go back and get his ship. Mando went to the school first, picked up Baby Yoda, said, hey, come on, we got to go. Moff Gideon's still alive. And he picked him up, said, you know, sorry to interrupt. Sorry, my bad. You know, he's interrupting the lesson. Takes his kid. Then they go to the the Razor Crest. He loads him up, straps on his seatbelt. Because I do want to point out that that kid totally had his seatbelt on during that. So buckles him in, then gets in the driver's seat, then comes and saves everybody's day like a baller. Like, I just want to point out that's all the things he did when he dipped out. If I can add to that, um, maybe Yoda didn't even have time to eat his macarons. No, like, like and he, had he was like a package, of and he was holding them in the thing, you know. So he just made sure. Okay, you got your seatbelt on. Here, you got your little box of cookies. Okay, we're good. We're good. All right, let's go. Okay, cool. You know, uh, that was a, yeah. All of that happened, and I would love to see somebody animate all of that at some point because the behind the scenes of that action scene is epic, just in its own right. And I would love to see Ludwig Jorensen score that <laughs> score yeah. that the chase back in yeah like uh, a, yeah do like a herb albert like kind of song with horns like like tijuana taxi or something like that <laughs> and then like have him run in there and be like hey how's it going or or maybe yoda ate all the macarons and then they had to stop at the liquor store to get more because he was crying the liquor uh, store also like cara dune was like ready to drive that transport back into the facility yeah, and the door shut on her. Like, what were you gonna do with that? <laughs> what was what was that plan? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, don't know. I can't speak to that. But um, she's trying I to think wanna, on her feet. I do want to talk about like uh like a little small stuff, like one of the midi chlorian things um that not a lot of people probably would have guessed or would have seen. But like, there's a character um that play that's credited as the comms officer. Her name's Katie O'Brien. That's the actress. I and, looked uh, her up too. The lady at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, the lady at the end. So uh, there's a show called Z Nation. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge horror movie fan, but I love this zombie show. It's a, it's a, it's a great show because it doesn't take itself seriously. And she's in it. She plays a character called George, and uh, George kind of looks like Handsome Jack. So automatically, you don't want to trust George. But George ends up ends up being like a really cool like person, a, po- a good politician in the apocalypse. So like, I, it was really, I was really happy to see um katie o'brien in in that in that regard but like also i feel like she's just gonna have that bit part like this this is as far as it goes with her in the show i don't know i uh, two reasons why i disagree i uh, i looked her up as well yeah yeah. uh she is also an accomplished martial artist too she is yeah Uh, so i feel like i was like why would you put a martial artist in that role exactly uh without using her Two, she's yet another example of an imperial without an english accent so she's special she's automatically special so i don't think we're done with her especially because she reports directly to moff gideon and she's like one of the only people that reports to him that we haven't seen just kill like yeah yeah. she she was also a cop too like i thought that was kind of weird yeah so i i think i think uh we met her because we're gonna see her again later this season i I am hoping i i just I'm kind of expecting not to see her, but I'm hoping to see her. Cause well, I, you're going to see her die. But. Well, that's fine. Like, <laughs> but I, I thought she'd be really good uh, as like a foil to Cara Dune, like a, 
like a dark foil maybe yeah that'd be great she's also a bodybuilder too yeah since we're since we're i think we've officially moved into the midichlorians i do want to point out something else about that and cara dune and everything like um my wife pointed this one out and and maybe they'll write something to close this this gap but like it is quite a, a convenient uh plot hole that the the base that is uh meant to design all these labs or uh, i mean design de- engineer all these uh clones you know force clones or whatever it just happens to be on the same planet that like <laughs> they contract out the bounty to go get baby yoda that's i mean, I mean maybe it was there and yeah. it's, it's a it's a lab of convenience yeah um, yeah, I have, another, I have another theory too that when they say this is the way, it's it's reference to the Milky Way, and then they're talking about how it's Earth, so it's going to be Earth because the the planet's Navarro, right? So that's after Dave Navarro from uh, from the Foo Fighters. So Dave Navarro takes over the world, planet Navarro. <laughs> this is the way, Milky Way. It all just it all goes into it. like it's it's perfect. Somebody definitely came here ready to make some jokes today. <laughs> no, this is serious. This is serious talk. We're having a serious yes. discussion. I gotcha. I really, I really dug. Like, I mean, we talked about the meeting. It really felt like uh, Galaxy's Edge. Like that's what Navarro felt like. That whole, if you ever been to Disneyland, Star Wars Land, that's the vibe I got from the new Navarro. Still kind of sketchy, kind of cool. I hope, like. Disney, it's like pie in the sky dream. Like they'll record part of an episode at Galaxy's Edge to kind of really lock in that world. I mean, honestly, honestly, I feel like you're you're being impressed with with New Navarro uh, and completely overlooking the fact that it just mostly looked as bustling as Moss Eisley did in the first <laughs> in the original Star Wars movie. Like that's that's what it looked like. It looked like a, a thriving market. Now I didn't see no school there. Yeah, because they didn't go into the school. Yeah, they, like, they didn't go to the school. Yeah, like, the building was probably there. Yeah, I mean, remember the only reason you got to see the school is to drop the kid off so that they could immediately dump a new job on Mando. Actually, that reminds me. Uh, so they can also talk about the Acadies, uh, the Acadies Maelstrom that they were <laughs> uh, that they went through in the Kessel Run on uh, Solo. So they're bringing le- legitimacy to Solo there. So it's a fine movie. It's okay. Sure. Moving on. So, moving so on. Exists. Um, I th- another thing I thought was uh, you know cute about the episode was like uh, the number of member berries that were there. Like there was a lot of things that were just like, hey, look, remember this? Like, or hey, listen, remember this? Like, for every from the very beginning of the episode when the when the engine fails, like mm-hmm. that noise that the, oh, the engine yeah. makes. That's totally an old Star Wars noise of, of Luke's X-wing failing, or or the or the Millennium Falcon failing. I can't Falcon. remember. When they go to hyperdrive and it's all meow, 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 meow. Yeah, yeah, it was the Falcon. That, yeah, yeah, cool. they did that, and then um, the uh, walrus men that I like to call them back in the day, you know, um, but they were actually the the Aqualith uh, bandits. Uh, that's a little nod. Yeah, it's a little nod to Panda Baba, the the dude that gets uh, his arm cut off. Are those teeth that. in front of him, or are those like? Man, I, I always know. thought of him like a frog, like that. I like always a, thought it was a bro thing. A butt, a butt it's a butt in, like yeah, a men in black with the ball chinians. Um, and then like the other thing that visual candy we got when they were powering down the reactor 
it looked exactly like when uh, Obi Wan was was trying to remove the shields from the Death Star. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and no guardrails uh, spitting in the face of Russia. Oh, yeah. And when, speaking of which, when that trooper goes over the the edge, and the uh, and the scream he lets out, I know I've heard that scream before. That was that was a hilarious scream. Star Wars scream number three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and then the the best one that I that they just keep leaning into it, which is that that transport that they end up driving. They steal that that vehicle. Uh, do you guys know what that is? It's a it's, it's a, a reference to the Marauder. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a it was from last season, right? It's a it is. But do you know what what that's a reference to? No. Mm-hmm. Now, that is the Imperial Troop Transporter from Kenner. Uh, what happened was uh, Kenner was getting desperate after, I think, Return of the Jedi wow. or in between one of the movies. And they started making vehicles that were not, <laughs> were not in Star Wars uh, because they wanted to sell more toys. And so they made this ghetto toy that all it does is it just, it just carries trans, uh, stormtroopers. And like even they even show the way it carries them in the la- in the season one yeah. episode when it pulls in, but it's just funny because like it's this vehicle that never existed in actual Star Wars canon, and now they've twice made it a legit. Well, it's like they probably didn't sell enough of these last Christmas. So they're like, we got to revisit they definitely, it. <laughs> they definitely re-released them. Uh, we got to make it cooler. <laughs> last year after after it made its appearance. For sure, and they still put the Kenner label on there, even though Hasbro owns them now. Uh, to add yeah. to your member berries too, like they did the shot from Episode Four with the Star Destroyer on a Moff Gideon's ship. Yeah. Right oh yeah, that that looked like a model too. That was really cool. Yeah, that totally. Undership shot. There's so much familiarity going on the whole Mithril's time. Mithril's talking about carbonite, how he can't see out of his left eye. Yeah, he's got carbonite poisoning, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, I was like, dude, that guy's blind in one eye. And they're just like, they're not even caring about that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, again, <laughs> what is the deal with disability in Star Wars? Like, why has he not gotten a new eye? Like, like what the hell? Because that funny. adds more years yeah. to, to his sentence. Do, doing dangerous shit takes away years. Uh, I getting, guess. Getting I mean, the only, only person we've seen with, like, prosthesis would be... Anakin, Luke, and Darth Maul, right? No, what about Lobot, bro? Lobot. Uh, Lobot. Lobot. That might be cosmetic, though. Like, maybe he just... Yeah, what if he just... He's (laughs) listening to fat beats in those headphones. I hope Lobot was not by choice, dude. (laughs) I'll say, seeing Cara Dune fight is... We haven't really seen a brawler-type fighter in Star Wars. Maybe aside from, like, Chewie. Other than Cara Dune, you mean? Other than care, sorry. Well, yeah, yeah. Like someone that grapples and she doesn't lead with her gun, and I think that's kind of cool. Like she's definitely like beating I, down dudes. I think she's a great addition to Star Wars in general. Like I think every time she's on the screen, uh, even if she can't act worth a damn, you know, like she, she's not. Uh, like she she can fight, and she can fight really well, and she's got a lot of personality. Like I. I was actually saying that today when she was fighting and, and doing all her, her action. I'm like, dude, she adds something to Star Wars that we have not seen before. Did you ever see Haywire? Of course. Okay. Uh, just to be clear, I have a picture with her, with Gina Carano giving me a, a chokehold 
Um, oh. It's it's somewhere. Um, she was doing it just for fun in the in the picture, but seriously, she applied a lot of pressure on accident to me, man. Like <laughs> she's just accidentally strong, you know. Like she could like she's awesome. Um, she, she's really imposing too. Like yeah, the fact that she's as tall as most of the guys on the show too, or at least appears as tall as most of the guys, yeah. makes her like have a really intimidating form. That's awesome. That's that's the only thing. The only reason I think that maybe Katie O'Brien is not meant for her to fight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, you got the, the heavy versus, uh, that's uh, terrible to call it heavy. You have the brawler versus like the quick person, you know? Right. <laughs> but we, we've seen that before, like in, in fast and furious, <laughs> like no way Vin Diesel can take on, uh, the rock. Like in, in what world does that make sense? <laughs> Different universe until, uh, until they verify my Milky way theory. This is the Milky way. I have a theory also, um, and it's that if you appear in more than one Star Wars story or more than more than one episode of The Mandalorian, you're guaranteed an action figure um, because they just started selling a bunch of action figures for for from season one uh, the other day. I'm I'm calling it Mithril and Captain uh, Carson Teva. They're getting action figures now officially because they've sick. been. They've been they've made substantial contributions to two episodes now, so uh, it's happening. Uh, Mithril's a good character. I like I like that um, yeah. sleazy kind of sleazy, but kind of hardworking. You know, he's kind of an interesting he character. Hmm. Yeah. I like when he just like expels mist when he sees the Mando. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was, but I I think I'm supposed to take it to mean that was gross, like. I think that was gross. Like maybe like he crapped his pants or something. He like made that, me you know? ink. Yeah, you know, maybe releasing spores. Yeah, or he might I be trying think, to breed with Mando. I think uh, we might be winding down right now, guys. So uh, this is your last chance to get any other things that you loved uh, or or just thought were silly uh, out of out there. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Their, their love of violence. Cara Dune, when she uh, mashes the speeder against the wall, says, and I quote, Woo! <laughs> and uh, Grief, when he's shooting um, at point blank with the turret, he's shooting point blank that stormtrooper. He goes, and I quote, yeah. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I just want there to be an episode where it's just like an intervention. Kara, you're going too far. You're going too far with the violence. <laughs> they're uh, they're definitely enabling each other for sure. It's not a great relationship, the two of them hanging out. They're just killing everybody and then checking to make sure they're bad afterwards for sure. And then laughing <laughs> about it. No, they laugh first, then they check to make sure they were bad afterwards. Yeah, make sure make, make makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um I think we gotta wrap this up, guys. So wrap it up. Yeah. Wrap it up. Uh before we rate this really quick, do we have any predictions for next week? Ahsoka. <laughs> I don't think we... I think we get Ahsoka at the end of that episode. He's going to have to fight through a lot of side quests <laughs> to to get to her, I feel like. like had, how bullshit would that be if he just shows up and she's right there? He doesn't know where she's at. She just knows that she's on a planet. The force. Mm, he's pretty fast at finding... it. Like, Just as a reminder, do you know anybody that looks like me? Five minutes later, he's talking to Timothy Oliphant. He doesn't like, know what she looks like. 
Yes, but he has her actual name. That's more than he had last time. Like, yeah. he has her actual name. I promise I you, we're getting Ahsoka through for a Jedi time. in hiding. I wouldn't want a lot of people to know my name. Next week's episode is written <laughs> and directed by Dave Filoni. Yeah. He is not just going to just have Ahsoka show up in the last minute. No, it's it's a whole episode with Ahsoka. Maybe he uses Baby Yoda as a dowsing rod. Like we still got four episodes to go. She is. Yeah, and we still have an entire episode to dedicate to Bill Burr at some point. So we can't be this season. He better be. That's my prediction. Is I need more Bill Burr in this show. I want a Bill Bill Burr toy. You can't do it unless you have a second episode with him. That's the rules. This is the Milky Way. That's that's the Dennis rule that I just made up is that you have to have two. You can put that head sculpt on anything. Mm -hmm. On a Cara Dune body. (laughs) Yeah, sure. That'll be a lot bigger than Bill Burr. (laughs) All right. Um, out, please. I'm, I'm not <laughs> it what do you guys think uh let's go let's start with frank first on a scale of one to ten what would you give this episode uh i'd have to give it eight and i think the only thing like it's it's got the visuals it's got the music um it's got the world the uh world logic and just the world in general but it suffers in plot and in acting definitely uh cara Doom brings it down and the plot is just your standard, you know, go do a thing, Mando kind of thing. Um, and then he doesn't even get paid for it. At yeah, the end, they're like, what do I owe you? Nothing. We're good. I'm out. Bye. Nothing. We watched Baby Yoda for you for 20 minutes at the school. So uh, I, I give it a solid eight right now. As of right now, without any other episodes and without the benefit of hindsight. Mm-hmm. I'll go one up from you, Frank. I'm going to give it a nine. It was. I thought it was a solid I, round episode. I expect nothing less from the person that got their <laughs> validation. You know, it had the, the one thing I wanted. Counts. No, but I mean, aside from the Metaclorian thing, like it, it was a nice round, contained push of the story forward. But you know, they they didn't really waste any screen time on that on this episode. It was a solid. What is it? Thirty nine minutes, and it felt. I felt happy watching and I felt content watching. I didn't like wish it was longer. I didn't wish, you know, it was shorter. It was like the right perfect chunk of Mando for me. Here's here's, here's what happened in the plot. Just to be clear. Yeah. Mando found out Moff Gideon's alive. Yep. The thing that the rest of us have known for about a year. But he looked cool doing it. (laughs) I'm just saying that's what happened in the story. Like we even if we had forgotten that Moff Gideon was alive, we even got reminded last week when they showed Moff Gideon was alive. Do you know what I mean? Like, did anything really happen? Did like did you really think that they weren't using Baby Yoda to make Well weird- they they, they set sure the, we- the trajectory for them to meet again. You know. They put they that put that, already, that ball in motion. That trajectory was already in play like last week too, when they reminded us. You know what I mean? Like, they reminded us that Moff Gideon is the bad guy. You know, but um, now he knows where they're at. But also in the in the larger, larger Star Wars universe, like we know, we possibly know that S- Snoke was cloned at these labs as a failed experiment, possibly. Yeah, or it's not Snoke. You know, or it's not Snoke. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's that Total part Snoke. is 
yeah, that part is still hard to tell. But yeah, I'll I'll concede that if it if it is Snoke, then cool, we we got that tiny bit of information. But we'll like, like really, a Prometheus, but and Mando, have like... Mando doesn't care about the First Order and Snoke and all that stuff. So you know what I'm saying. So as far as his story is concerned, he found out the thing that we learned a year ago. Um, and that's and that's why I, I honest honestly like I didn't think I would do it, but I'm gonna give this one a seven. Um, just because he's, he's good degrees. Yeah, I still, I was entertained. I honestly, my favorite part of the whole episode was in the, the two scout troopers totally just T-boned each other uh, <laughs> and blew up uh, without any, any help from anybody. Like they just, oops, you know, like <laughs> it just made, it made no sense at all. Um, but it was hilarious to watch and, and it entertained me. Um, and like, you know, I did really appreciate the fact that my wife didn't even notice that Mando was so embarrassed by this episode that he dipped out a while earlier and only to come back at the end <laughs> and fix things, you know, like he's, he probably was like, man, there's, they're using the M word over here. I got to get out of here for a little while. <laughs> Take a break. Um, they, uh, on a side note, I believe they, they've only released one trailer for this season. And then they use tiny snippets of that trailer to advertise uh, for the smaller bits. But I think every scene from the initial trailer has been shown, which is exciting because now there's no, at least on my end, like it's an open door on where this thing's going. You know, you knew Cara Dune and Carl Weathers were coming back. You knew, I knew there were speeder bikes, a speeder bike chase, you know, because it was in the trailer. So now we're kind of in uncharted territory and that's exciting. That is sure. cool, you know. Yeah, because it's time for Ahsoka. That's the thing. That's the thing everybody's wanted to see since they announced it. So, yeah, bring it on, well, Ahsoka and Bill Burr. Ashley, Ashley Eckstein. Everyone but her. Fan favorites. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I think uh, it's time. It's time to end this thing. Um, I want to thank everybody who tuned in to to see what we had to say about this, even if it was a lot. Um, <laughs> hopefully it was, hopefully it, it was more informative than the episode itself. Um, and <laughs> hopefully our midichlorians were more entertaining than the one in the episode as well. Um, I'm just going to troll Ricky as much as I can. Uh, I will make one bet before we, before we sign out. I bet right. you they never reference midichlorians again this entire season. By reference, you mean say the word or say M count? By any, oh, anything. they're gonna say it. at, at all, not even M count. Okay, you're, you're crazy. Okay, okay, to okay. be fair, it took a whole season and a half to get this far, so. exactly. So, am I crazy? Season four, they say midi clore. I, I will sure, bust sure. out laughing if the first thing Ahsoka does is bust out the little reader, jabs into baby Yoda. Oh man, he has a high midi count, <laughs> and then looks at the camera. Okay, that's- that's fine. I don't mind. I don't mind being wrong. I just, I just, that's my guess. That's my guess. That's fair. Okay. All right. For reals now, we're going to go. Uh, Frank and yep. and Ricky, before we dip out, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Where can people find you if they want to hear you talk more about urine and, and music and whatever? Nope. They can't find me anywhere. Uh, you can't even find me on Facebook because you got exclusive uh, rights. Yeah. It's exclusive. This is the only place you could find me. At you the heard moment. it here, folks. This is an exclusive. 
Only on we have spoken. Ricky. Uh, Ricky the Nerd on Instagram, just posting pictures of stuff I like and stuff I do. So Awesome. Well, thank you guys both for being here. Uh, as always, uh, you can find me on Denix Media uh, everywhere, mostly on uh, YouTube and mostly on um, Instagram and, and uh, wherever you can find podcasts. Patreon, uh, too. And Patreon as well, uh, you know, where you can see early access to some of the stuff I do. Um, I'm also trying to uh, reach out to people and see if you have questions for this show. So please, you know, submit them in the comments on wherever you're viewing this, and we'll try and incorporate them into the few the upcoming weeks for sure. Um, and next week we will have a special guest celebrating uh, post Thanksgiving. Um, we're going to have producer Lindsay on the show to talk about that Ahsoka Tano. So uh, <laughs> tune in next week, guys. You have listened. And, and we, we have spoken. Have spoken. Have spoken.